Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. So uh, look at me just for a second before I dive into this sermon. Uh, I, I want to talk just about something. You know, uh, I've gone back and, and, and really preached foundational things, who we are in Christ and, and, and what we are to build our foundation because I believe God wants us to grow. Did you not hear the words this morning? God wants you to go. Go up, go up, come up, come up, go, grow up to the next level. And so this is uh, as close as Thanksgiving sermon you're going to get today, but uh, th- we want you to grow up. God wants you to grow up. It's called maturity. You know, one of the greatest things that uh, is, it, the Bible says to lay hands on people, that there's an impartation. How many of you know? You know, like pray for the sick. Uh, I've been laid hands on, just hanging around men of God. You can get impartation. Uh, you know, I, we was laughing the other night. If you ever watched Brother Hagin, he'd walk and twiddle his thumbs. Everybody that went to his Bible school generally twiddles their thumbs like that. What's that got to do with anything? They just, they're being like him. It's impartation. But, but maturity don't come by impartation. It comes by choices. Trying to help you. You know, it's like, I can't pray that you not have bad thoughts. Bad thoughts are going to come. But it's up to you whether you maintain and keep those bad thoughts right here and think about them all the time. It's your choice. Maturity is a choice to grow up, to mature. You know, we, we want to think like children. The children just left. And, and my grandson told me this morning, he says, I'm going to be tall like you one day. One day. And if he keeps eating and maintains his health, he'll grow up and be tall one day. It comes really automatic because he just eats. Spiritual growth doesn't come just because you've been saved a long time. Just because. I've been saved for 35 years. Don't mean squat. What have you been eating? What are your choices? What have you chose to eat and feed on spiritually? You know, we really run from the things that we really need. You know, like, you know, in the natural broccoli, green beans, you know, squash, boiled, good old boiled uh, okra. Ooh, slimy boiled okra. No, there's no value in that, is it? But here, hear me, hear me. What, do, what are you feeding on spiritually? It's time to grow up. It's time to mature. And I'm telling you, the hard times come, but they help you mature. You know, the, the, there's a grace and anointing that can be imparted, but maturity comes by choices, okay? So today, I want you to choose to start growing up. We have to choose to grow up in God. There's too many of us, and you see people, well, I'm saved, but, but you know, God never does anything for me. Well, it's because we... We live in a society where we drive up to McDonald's and we want three cheeseburgers and three fries and three drinks, and you go to the next window and get it. And so that's our prayer life. Oh, Lord, Jesus, take the wheel. He didn't do nothing for me. I'm trying to help you. And so so here here we go. Uh, You know, God wants to gift you with things. Are you mature enough to handle them? So, so my, my grandson that's four, we drove by. There's the church van. And out of his mouth, I want to drive that church van. Is it irresponsible of me to give him the keys? Because I guarantee you he can crank it. Wouldn't it not be irresponsible of me to give him the keys? He is not mature enough to drive that van. Why do you expect God to give you gifts when you're not mature enough to handle life? I'm not trying to be mean today. We're going to get to Thanksgiving, but hear me. God wants to give you some certain things that you got to grow up to, to walk in them. When, when you, you know what? You, somebody could get saved today, turn right around and pray for somebody, and they would get healed. And it's nothing to do with them. It has to do with the gift and the grace of God. But hold on. How are they going to handle it? Look what I did. Can you believe what I just did? They didn't do squat. 
But that's why God ain't using you because would you turn it in to look at me? And you have seen preachers do it. And you can be mature and make stupid choices. You see preachers do that. And we see, we see, and I'm not, we see preachers, and I'm talking about preachers because they're not special. They have a gift, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, uh, evangelist. They have a gift on them, but they're no different than you. They got to walk right down on the same dirt, through the same mud holes you do, or avoid the mud holes. And so maturity helps you avoid the mud holes. But guess what? If you fall in one, God's going to help you get up and clean up. But the maturity comes that you're not just going to lay there and cry about it. Okay? And so, so we look at these things. See, we all want to be in Christ. And, and uh, let, let, me, let me say something about His glory. The glory of God is a gift. And... The Lord will measure out the glory that he gives to you and what you can carry by your maturity. Romans 3.23, boy, I got beat up with it when I was growing up. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin keeps you from walking in the glory, Christian. But hold it. Let's just back up. Let's look at this. God wants us all to have his glory. Hey, there's the goal, not sin, but the glory. And the more mature you get, the more glory you have. I was talking to somebody. There's my, there's my shadows right here. Actually, I got five because there's so many lights on me. But the darkest one's right here in front of me. Peter walked down the street, and his shadow fell upon people, and they were healed. No power in a shadow, but it's in the glory of God that was on Peter's life because he matured up. Do you know that same glory wants to rest on you? Whoa, not me, Pastor. Yes, you. Has Who has come up and touched your jacket and got healed? Come on, that's the place God wants to take you. It's overwhelming, but really not. You just got to mature up. Uh, Have you ever talked to somebody who was an expert in a field? And, you know, really, you know, whether, you know, I talked to a guy this week and he was an expert in trains. And I'm like, okay, trains. That's cool, but trains? Now, he was a Christian, but he was, wasn't, you know, are we an expert in being a Christian? I can tell you the last episode of my favorite TV show. Can you tell me the episode of your last word you read? Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. We got to get in the word. Spirit and life. But we wing it. You know, I can't skip, but I'm going to try. We skip through life until we trip and fall, and we wonder, well, why did God allow this happen? The glory will rest on us the more the word that we have in us. It's measured out to us. Come on. My four-year-old grandson, you know what? I could spoil him. And I do to a certain extent. But God's not going to spoil us. And I'm definitely not going to spoil him when he's like 10, 11, 12. He's going to be doing work for me. Because he needs to mature. God will let you be a baby for a while, but he's expecting you to mature. Okay? So, so that's not my sermon. I, I, I think it could be, couldn't it? But... uh. God fully, the glory of God is God wants to reveal himself in us, through us, to us, to others, through us, to others. And so that, that's the place we got to get to and not, it's not our desires, it's his. See, people can't ha- handle the glory because 
their foundation's got cracks in it. Nod your head. Not you, but it's people, okay? If your foundation has a crack in it and you don't repair it, it's going to get worse. How many of you know Judas had some cracks in his foundation? Y'all know who Judas was, right? He betrayed Jesus. Good old Judas. Where, where, where did he go out and hang himself? Anybody know? Potter's field. Do you know that the potter's field was full of broken pots? How many know that you are a vessel, a pot of God? Let me just, let me just go there. We got time. If a vessel got cracked and it would not be healed, it did not become a vessel to hold water. It became a trash can. If it could not hold trash, they took it to the potter's field and they threw it and it busted into a thousand pieces. Maturity. Maturity is not that you don't get cracked, it's but that you let God heal you. The potter would take the vessel in and it had a crack, and I know this is gross, but get over it. He would go and he would take some clay and he would pull a tick off a cow, a sheep, or a goat. And he would take that blood and mix it, the blood, the blood, and mix it with some clay. And he would fill that crack up. And he'd fill that crack up and smooth it over and make it pretty. But then it wasn't healed till he put it in the oven and baked it some. Takes season to mature. Takes season sometimes to be healed. But how, boy, we, you know, we this way. Well, just get up. Suck it up, boy. What's wrong with you? Don't we? Christians kill their own wounded. We don't give them time. And he would take his time, and he would fill that crack up, and he would bake it, and then he would get it out, and he would let it season, and he would look at it, and he would check it, and he would test it. And if it was good, he would put it back into service. If it did not, if it was not good and it was not healed and would not go back into service, it'd become a trash can full of junk. Are you full of junk? Come on, let God heal you. Whew. God wants to heal us. All of us can get full of junk. All of us can get a crack and leak out the glory of God. All of us can. But the blood of Jesus was shed. For not only us to get saved, but to us to be healed emotionally, physically, mentally. Because we can have cracks. You know, you can be mature in one area and not mature in another. Yeah. You know. Y'all got my picture? All right. Let me pick on my boys here. Look at this. Now, Mr. Gary laid a challenge and said if they wore them on Sunday, he'd wear a tie. We had a tie on today, so I had to put their picture up. <laughs> now, hear me. There's nothing wrong with being silly and immature. But there are times that you got to mature up and get battle ready. Amen. Come on, battle ready. Amen. Mature people are battle ready. They get battle ready. And, and I'll pick at Greg. Greg's always funny and trying to, he's immature in some areas, but the more I'm mature in other areas. Buddy, too. And they're playing. Nothing wrong with playing. So, so, so they're having a good time. But, but hear me, Christian, we got to get battle ready. God wants us to mature up. God wants to take care of things. Uh, it's his desire. Mm. Let, me, let, me, let me say this. That... Repentance comes when God convicts you of something that's going on that sometimes you can't see. You know, you ever had something, you know, and people go, and you're like, what? And they go, what? You got stuff all over your face. I'm trying to be discreet about it, but you just don't see it. You know what? When you repent 
It's not like God doesn't go, oh, I didn't notice that. God saying, okay, you've seen it now. Let me help you take care of it. But what happens is we walk around with it and we don't take care of it. Either we don't see it or we just say, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me to watch a scary movie. It doesn't affect me to watch porn. It doesn't affect me to whatever. To it doesn't affect me. But if I do, it affects her. Huh? Oh, my. <laughs> Get on this. <laughs> God wants us to repent because he's already seen it. He's trying to reveal it to you so you can get in agreement with him and grow up. Amen? It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Oh, what if everybody? God knows and he ain't going to tell. But he wants you to come clean. And sometimes you got to tell it. The Bible says that you have to ask for the elders to pray for you to help clean you up. Because there's an impartation there. But you know what? I prayed for people. They've been delivered, and I prayed for people, and they went right back to it because of maturity. But I had another minister come to me and come clean and, and say, you know what? My, my wife busted me, and, and you know, and he goes, I, I need to be clean. I need to be straight. And he goes, my conviction, and his conviction was he didn't want to smoke. And he was smoking. And his wife said, come on, get authority over that. So he came to me and repented. And God just took it away from him. Not because of me, because he did what the Word said. He did what the Word said. When you do what the Word says, your life will change. Find out what the Word says. Find out what the Word says. If you get a ticket, go to the front of the building, line up, and you will receive your free gift card for $50 at Walmart. Where's the front of the building at Walmart? I've got to follow the directions. I'm trying. This, is, this is the directions. Follow the directions. Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. We already said it. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Amen? Mm, I'm going to preach or sing. I don't know. Whew. So, you say you want to grow in God? This is the sermon to grow up in. Are you ready? Here's your opportunity. The measure of the glory and the presence will set uh, on you in a greater measure when you do His will. Okay, right? What's his will? I'm glad you asked. We're going to find out the will of God for you today. You're supposed to be a bricklayer, an Indian chief, a doctor. Or... No, no, I believe that's a good prayer. You need to be asking God for the will. But here, do his word, and that's the will of God. So we're going to read just a little bit because I want to go all over it. And, and first, uh, let's just, let me just go ahead and read number one. Number one is to choose to rejoice. Choose to rejoice always. I, I like what somebody said. You know, all, all in the Greek means all. And always in the original language means always. Okay? So rejoice in the Lord always. Choose to rejoice. But I want to go ahead and read our foundation scriptures. And uh, verse 16 is rejoice. And, uh, but I want to start <laughs> at verse 12. And... Uh, I'm going to read it in, uh, it says, But we request you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instructions. Verse 13, That you may esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. Verse 14, But we urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly. So if you're unruly today, quit being rebellious. I'm admonishing you right now. Okay? Come on, grow up. And so, and so, look, look, look. Um, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted. It didn't say kick them in the cheek. It said encourage them. 
There are people that get faint. Mature people can get faint-hearted. Anybody can get faint-hearted. Help the weak. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. How I many of you know that's hard? Lord, in mercy, they say he's on my last nerve. Huh? Verse 15, see, no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. Okay, good. Verse 16, rejoice always. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Verse 18, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. All these things is the will of God. Verse 19, do not quench the Spirit. That's the will of God too. Don't quench, quench the Spirit. <coughs> do not despise prophetic utterances. We had three utterances. Tongues and interpretation, tongues and interpretation, and straight up prophecy. Don't despise that. Listen. Listen, because it may pertain to you. Well, I, I've never heard anything like that in my life. You need to pay attention. Because God will speak to you what was one of the words in the secret times, in the, in, in, when you're alone. God is always speaking. We're not always listening. And so, let me finish that. Where was we at? Verse 20, do not despise prophecies. 21, be careful, hold fast to that which is good. Be careful, hold fast to the good. How many of y'all know there's people in the room holding fast to bad? Abstain from every form of evil. Verse 22. Your words can be evil. Your actions can be evil. What you see can be evil. What you hear can be evil. You've got to abstain from every form of evil. Amen? So, so that's the commandment is to rejoice always. Verse 16, rejoice always. Philippians 4, 4 says rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Let's talk about joy, joy, rejoice. You know what? If you was to review something, you've, you have to view it first. And then you review it, okay? I have reviewed my favorite movie several times. But you need to review and, and relook at and go, go over joy. You were given joy when you got saved. Have you developed it? And you should rejoice. That means if you've ever had joy, you need to go back and visit it again and rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice. Now, that was a kid's song we used to sing, but rejoice. Now, 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 wait a minute. Joy is not some happy, giddy thing. Oh. No, no, no. You can have joy in the midst of torment. And I'm not going to preach it this morning, but Jesus had joy on the cross. Not because of the trouble, not because of the nails, not because he was whipped, not because of the sin that he took on. He had joy, and the joy that was set before him is why he went to the cross. The joy was picturing you and me receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. Amen, amen? So joy is a key. Joy is a key. And, and, and you know, we got a Christmas series coming up, and probably ain't going to be like any Christmas Sermons you've ever heard, but it's Christmas. Amen? And so, so we need to look. Uh, because, see, you don't have to be smiling and have joy. It's not about feelings. You might want to write this down. It's time the Word of God outweighs feelings. If the devil, devil can keep you in the realm of feelings, you will always be defeated. Because I just don't feel like anybody likes me. And I just don't feel like I, I'm good enough. And I just, I just don't feel like they understand me. And I just don't feel like that I'm getting recognized like I need to be recognized. We, we, this society today, people feel, feel, feel. They live in feelings and not who they are. 
I just don't feel adequate enough. I just don't feel good enough. Man, that's the devil. God said you were adequate enough, so adequate that he sent Jesus to die for you. He said, I'm with you always because I feel lonely. I feel like I know I'm lonely and I feel like nobody cares. God said, I care. And I care so much I sent the Holy Spirit to abide in you, to live in you. Rejoice. Rejoice. Woo! Rejoice when you don't feel like it because it's not a feeling. Oh, it will turn into a feeling. But you got to rejoice. And you know what I, I always say? You can't shout glory three times without smiling. Glory! 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 But you know what? You've never done it. So when you get in the car and there ain't nobody in the car with you, and you're driving down the highway and then people are passing you, just glory! Glory! And I didn't even take a breath. Come on, glory. Stir yourself up. Especially when you don't feel like it. That's hard. Goes against what the world says. Be depressed like everybody else. Okay. No. Rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Psalms 13, 5 said, I have trusted in your loving kindness, and my heart rejoices in your salvation. You need to be rejoicing in salvation whether you feel like you're saved or not. Because <laughs> there are all kinds of things in this world that attack your salvation. Don't look at me like you've never been offended or never been uh, mad or never been, uh, you know, you know. Strained, we'll just be nice about it. <coughs> Excuse me. There are things in this life that will strain you. When they're called, to, but it's come to, 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 to steal your salvation, to take your joy, to take your joy. If your joy is gone, you don't feel like doing anything. So you're out. So if we are truly in a battle with the devil, what's he going to go after? Your joy. Uh-huh. If you ever, we got, we got, last Sunday we recognized veterans. Veterans do what they do because the joy of they're protecting America. And the joy that's what they, it's at the house, their wife and their kids, their mama and their daddy. And you know what? It ain't fun. You watch it on the movie and John Wayne, you know, John Wayne goes in there. Uh-huh. And the way he walks. And we go, go get him, John. But in real life, it's not like that. In real life, it's death on the line. And thank God for our military. But they do it. It's serious business, but they do it for the joy that's in their heart for America, for their families, and everything else. Amen? Y'all with me on that? 2 Corinthians 3.11 says, Finally, brethren, rejoice. Be made complete. Be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Can I read that again? Finally, my brethren, rejoice. So how do you rejoice? Not by trying, but by being. You can try to be a chicken all you want. Bark, 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 bark. And you could even sleep in the in-house, but you, excuse my English, you ain't no chicken. You are a child of God. Children of God rejoice. Let me read it again. Finally, my brethren, rejoice. Be made complete. Don't try to be complete. Be made. Be comforted. Be like-minded. Live in peace, and the, love, and the God of love and peace will be with you. So don't try. Let's be. I'm going to be. I want to be. I am. So it didn't say try. I am. <coughs> be. I be a child of God. <laughs> Who is Andrew Womack has tapes, messages, and uh, you, they're, they got odd numbers on them. You know, like yeah, be, uh, 
BR549, you know, remember that number? Uh, and and uh, YB, you know, 27, and just different things. This guy was listening to it, and they advertised the, the sermon, and his little boy said, huh. He goes, I'll I, I be five. YB, you be, you know, he had different numbers, but he said, I'll be. I'll be five. And guess what? You may be five spiritually today, but you can grow. You don't have to stay there. Come on, we, we all want to grow. I want to grow, I want to grow, I want to grow. So let's, uh, let's confess this. Joy is always in reach. So say this, I reach for joy. Say it again, I reach for joy. I reach for joy. Philippians 2, 17 and 18, can you put that on the screen for me? I got it. All right, yes. And if I'm being poured out as a drink offering on this sacrifice of service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you. What, what, what's Paul, Paul saying? Look at verse 18. For the same reason you also be glad and rejoice with me. Now, do me a favor. Put it in the NASB because that just kind of went. Put in and start at verse 17. New American Standard Bible. It's a good translation. Commercial break, huh? But even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and the service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. I rejoice and share my joy with you all. Verse 19. You too, I urge, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. So, Tim, I enjoy it when you share your joy with me. It brings joy to me. And when I share my joy with you, it brings joy to you. And then you, in turn, share your joy with me. It brings joy to me. But the reciprocal of it, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do, Tim. Now you're depressed too. Does that not work the same way? What's the saying? Misery loves companies, but joy loves company too. Joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Number two. We'll get off joy. Number two, choose to pray without ceasing. Man, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you pray without ceasing? Are you kidding me? Well, that means you got to get on your knees and stay there forever. Huh? No, but that's what immaturity says. Again, always means always, huh? So, listen, listen to this. Pray, with prayer in mind, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to read Philippians 4. Through seven, real quick. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I've already quoted that. Verse five says, Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. <laughs> gentle spirit. Some of you go, What? You don't know what I, I, I said something that wasn't gentle. Come on. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. And look at verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication, let your uh, thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. Come on. So, so here, here's, here's where our prayer life's at. Oh, I can't believe that happened. Oh, Father, just minister to Tim right now. Help him, Lord. We reactionary. That's right. How about get on the offensive you with your prayer life? How about going after things? How about, how about putting some things out before God where you see God wants to take you and you start praying towards that? How about praying always? It's always on your mind. See, your mind can just drift and float and think of crazy stuff. And, you know, it's like that one pastor said he was praying, and he had, you know, we got horses on both sides of the church here. 
he had cows around his church. And the thought came to him, are the cow's horns on the inside of his ears or on the outside of his ears? In prayer time, he said, I had to get up and go out and look. In the middle of his prayer time, isn't that, isn't that the way we are? We, we can't focus, but, but, but yet we can watch TV because we can just zone out. Ah, uh, and drool, we'll do the Homer Simpson thing. Don't act like you've never seen it. I've only seen it maybe three or four times. But he's wanting a donut and drooling or whatever. But we did that way in front of the TV. You know, men can just change channel, change channel, change channel. And when the women go, what? Focus. What's the matter with you? They want to watch one thing. But they can watch one thing, listen to the radio, and be on the computer at the same time. Can't they? Don't. I'm not. This marriage counseling It's today at 3 o'clock. There's <laughs> nothing wrong being different. Come on, as long as you're kind and gentle with it, all right? Let's do it. Uh-oh. <laughs> when we pray, we're not on a treadmill. Lord, Lord, I'm back again with the same old thing. Get off the treadmill. Get into the Word. Okay. Change comes when we pray correctly and precisely. Correctly and precisely. How many of you know that we don't pray to Jesus? We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. That's key. Now, uh, the kids up there, we just want them to pray. If they pray to Jesus, we'll let it slide. But they have got to learn that technically, when you as a mature saint, you need to be praying to the Father and you access the Father through the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. and every, When you say the name of Jesus, is everything Jesus did. Born of a virgin, walked a perfect life, sinless life, died on the cross, was whipped for our healing and our peace and chastised. <coughs> Excuse me, everything that Jesus did, He paid the price for us. But we access to God through the name of Jesus, okay? I come in the name of Jesus and I finish in the name of Jesus. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that your word says. That's how I pray. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. Come on. And you know what? The world wants to take the name of Jesus out. I, I've, been, I've been asked, you know, hey, we want you to pray, but don't use the name of Jesus. I said, well, I ain't praying. But then they, and, and they said, well, go ahead. I mean, I prayed at ball games, graduations, and whatever else, and it's in the name of Jesus. Because there's power in the name. We sing about the power. There's truly power in the name. Why are they trying to take the name out of it? Well, we just have good thoughts. Just pray some good thoughts over everybody. Well, that won't work. We ask and we pray in the name of Jesus. Just trying to help you a little bit, huh? Change comes when we pray correctly. In James 5 and 6. Listen to what Uncle James says. If you've got an Uncle James, I don't, but I'm going to take him as my uncle. Therefore, confess your sins one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Put it back up there for me. I, I, I put the wrong scripture down, didn't I? Uh-oh. Well, I read it right. I got it right. So, so... So the effectual fervent is talking about talking about who who was it? Uh, Elijah prayed that it didn't rain for three and a half years, and James said he's a man just like you, but he had that maturity with God, and God had him, had him, had him. You don't think God could just keep it from raining on His own? Yes, he could, but God works in the earth through people. Hey, God works in the earth through people. The devil works in the earth through people. It was on the news last night. The devil broke into the 7-Eleven, shot it up, stole a can of Coke and a can of root beer. Somebody impressed by the devil, broke into the 7-Eleven. 
But guess what? God went down to South America and moved in the lives of those in Peru. And he changed their hearts and saved them. No, God sent a missionary to Peru to preach the gospel, to declare what God has done because it's through the preaching from men. Amen? What kind of influence do you have? You have great influence because you're a child of God. Well, nobody knows who I am. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I've driven up to bars, and I thought, Lord, that place needs to shut down. So in the name of Jesus, I declare that your angels are at work to shut this place down. They closed in two months. It's the biggest bar in town. I, I, first time I probably, maybe the second time I've ever told that. I'm not ringing my bell. God will tell you to go do something. It doesn't matter that you be seen. You don't want to be seen. You want to pray. Pray effectively. Stand in the gap and do what God said to do. Pray over something. Norval Hayes is a minister. Of the, he was a businessman, and and, and I, I've used to listen to his sermons and stuff. He just passed away this year, and uh, uh, he used to just drive up to churches and sit in the parking lot and pray over that church. I heard that, and I started doing it. I was driving around working, and I had a, you know lunch, and I'd pull up and eat my lunch in a church parking lot and pray over that church. Don't even know the pastor. Don't know anybody goes there. I was in another town. He would pull up and say, this church needs, the Spirit of God would speak to him and say, this church needs to be on TV. Father, I thank you that you opened the doors for them to be on TV. What? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effective prayer. Elijah was a man just like we are, but he had a maturity in God to do what God said. He prayed that it didn't rain. It did not rain for three and a half years. Then he began to pray. God said, go now, go call the rain. <clears throat> and he gets sit down and he prayed <clears throat> because, you know what, sometimes you need to sit down and pray over some stuff. Light be. Anybody want a hamburger? Hey, we going to go to the movies tonight? Well, I just prayed like B. Now, sometimes you got to sit down and birth some things, and we don't take the time. To, it's called intercession. It's called intercession. Can I pick on you, Peter? The devil sit on Peter, and sometimes the Spirit of God will wake you up in the middle of the night, and you need to pray for Peter. Well, why? Oh, I'm going back to sleep. Peter's all right. I just talked to him yesterday. No, the Spirit of God will wake you up and say, pray for Peter to get the devil off of him, to get oppression off of him, to get whatever's on him off of him. Have you been asking God, Lord, who do I need to pray for? Guess what? You can pray while you work, especially if you've got a job where you can kind of zone out. My wife said, you don't ever sit still. And I used to go and build stuff because, man, I'm zoned out, but I'm talking to God. Huh? It's, and, and that's the place you can wash dishes and pray. Vacuum the floor, mow the yard, and pray. My, one of the greatest experiences my dad had with God was on a mower. He was on a cub lawnmower. Come on, got off the mower, shaking. Spirit of God said on him while because he, he was praying while he was mowing. Okay, that's awesome. God wants you to have an experience like that. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of God. He's a good, good father. We just sang that. God's a good father. So the Word of God will give us precise things to pray. Are you all with me on that? Remember, Jesus said, my words are spirit in their life. Then it's time that we pray the word, right? It's time that we ask God to give us precise things to pray out of the word. 
Ooh, you know, preachers go, ooh, that'll preach. Everybody will be going, oh, that'll pray. When you pray the word, you have to quit praying worries and fears. You let your worries and fears drive you into the word to find out how to pray. But we stay in worries and fears. We don't go to our help. Our help comes from the Lord. Our help comes from God. But we stay in worries and fears instead of going to the Lord. Listen to this. The strength in prayer is not so you can complain and bellyache. That's not prayer. Complaining? It's that you have joined your heart. The strength of prayer is that you've joined your heart with God's heart to see the kingdom of God come to pass in a situation. Remember, and I kind of quoted it wrong last Sunday, but in Romans, the first chapter, it talks about people falling away because of sin and that judgment will come on them uh, and our people in the earth, judgment will come on them and, you know, we talked about the three different wills of God, the good, and ended up the last one was the perfect will of God. The good, the acceptable. I mean, judgment falling on sinners is, is, is not the perfect will of God. He said he would have all come, all come to the knowledge of Jesus. And really the perfect will is thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That would be the perfect will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so when you see things that aren't the perfect will, that's when you want to put your battle gear on. Put your battle gear on. What, what, what kind of bullet you got in your gun? Well, my cousin's not saved. Well, God would have none go to hell but all come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. There's a bullet for your gun. Father, I thank you that Willie Raymond comes to the knowledge of God in Jesus Christ. It's a prayer. Find that prayer. Find it out. Your heart needs to join with God's. Remember, we talked last Sunday that he'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll give you desires to pray out. And it's not to get a new house. Not to get a new car. Not to get new clothes. They come because you are in the kingdom and you seek the kingdom first. Houses come, cars come, clothes come. <coughs> Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. Your house comes, your clothes comes, your car comes because you're putting the kingdom first. And then you're kingdom-minded. Now you're speaking kingdom into the earth. That's how you pray. Amen. Now, can I have an amen on that? Amen. All right. No, uh, number three, choose to give thanks in everything. A thankful heart doesn't come through impartation, but choice. I can't pray for you to have a thankful heart. When you recognize what God has done, your heart should turn to thankfulness. When your focus is on God and, and Him sending Jesus and what Jesus did and how Jesus lived and how He imparted life to others, <coughs> excuse me, that other people can be saved. <coughs> Swallow the bug, excuse me. Thankfulness is a choice. How many of you know Nehemiah and then those guys built the wall back. Uh, let, me, let me read Psalms 9-1, and then I'll, I'll talk about Nehemiah just for a second. Psalms 9-1 says, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart, and I will tell of your wonders. Didn't say I'd tell of the devil's wonders. You, know, you ever met somebody like that? Oh, my hip, my back, my bunions. Any organ recital, my liver, my kidney, my, my, you know. 
I grew up with those people. Now, I will rejoice or give thanks and tell of his wonders. Nehemiah restored the wall, but guess what? That's not all they did. They restored the word of God to be written, excuse me, read. But they chose out people just like Moses said, Judas will be my worshipers, and they'll be the ones offer thanksgiving. That was their job. Whoa, uh, what's your job? Uh, I'm to give thanksgiving. You know, it ought to be a prerequisite to our worship team, huh? They, they do. They give thanksgiving. But, but, but wait a minute. Are you thankful? This is how you do it. You think if it was your job, well, man, that just seems like, golly, okay, I'm thankful. No, 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 no. See, it may start in your flesh. I'm going to put it in this, this way. It may start with just you. But when you start becoming thankful and thankful and thanking God and thanking, then it, the Spirit grabs a hold of it. And the Spirit of God comes alive in you and starts reminding you of other things, of God's deeds and what God has done. And see, see, here's the, here's the, here's the secret. How many of y'all got prayer, prayer list? You got some things that may not be written down, but they're in your head. You pray over. How many of you have a thankful list? Come on, we need a thankful list. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for my life. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful I was born in America. Woo! How hard. I can't imagine it because I I got a, guess what? I got a freedom mind. I do. We think different. And people don't like us because we think different. But I'm thankful for my freedom mind. I'm thankful because my freedom mind, I can fix anything. I can. And now Google's helping me. Good grief, they got videos on there. And I can take a tool and turn a wrench, and I can fix my car. I can fix things. And guess what? I, I are a redneck. I, I've been fixing things for a long time. My wife don't understand men that, that you know, that they, they can't fix because I've always... She goes, it's broke. All right, I'll fix it. My little cousins, they're, they're first cousins, but I'm like their uncle. Give it to Brad. He'll fix it. I'm like, what? You broke this to a thousand pieces. But that's the mind of freedom. Thank God we are free, and we know Jesus, and we know God, and we're free to worship him and free. I'm thankful that we're free to worship him. I'm thankful that my parents encouraged me. They may not always went to church, but they didn't discourage me not to go. I went on my own. And then they said, you ain't going to church today. No. Thank God, because there are people in this world that their parents hate them. That's why the Word says when you lose fathers, mothers, lands, houses, because you become saved, that God will give you fathers, mothers, houses, children, brothers, sisters, because people reject people in other countries. And it's getting that way in America. If you look at the TV, they hate Christians. Don't give them something to hate. Show the love of God. That's why we got to mature. When you walk into a place, the glory shows up. Because you've been prayed up. You've been praying and you've been in the Word and you've been stirred up and now the glory of God's showing up and they can't say anything bad about you. God will fight your battles. But we want to, come on, feeling froggy, jump. That's not Christian. You're going to get retaliated. That's like coming, you know, I, I adjure you in the name of, of Jesus whom Paul preaches. That's mixed up. Be ye kind, love. Look, look, let, thankfulness keeps us focused in prayer. I'm helping you pray. Notice joy is on the front, prayer and thankfulness. Joy sees, the, sees what's coming. When I pray my prayer, Judah goes, to his mama, 
well, if I don't get it, Papa get it for me. You know, I thought about that. He believes in me more than I believe in God. I ought to be, well, you know, if I can't get it by these two hands, my God will get it for me. Because there are a lot of things I can't get with my two hands. And I'm not trying to dog anybody about their faith, but we have to increase our faith. And joy and prayer and thanksgiving increases our faith. Sometimes it's a sacrifice to rejoice, to be thankful. Because it's hard. When you're being squeezed on all sides, what did Paul say? Been pressed, knocked down, but not destroyed. Thank God I'm not destroyed. That's all he could say. Well, I'm not destroyed. That's better than saying how bad, how bad, how bad it is. In Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Through him let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our, our that is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. Thankful, 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 thankful. Be thankful. Are we thankful? You know, as we pray, if we pray from need all the time and not thankfulness, need all the time and not thankfulness, you pray from a hole and not from heavenly places. The Bible says that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. But when we step down into the hole of our troubles and problems, we're praying from a hole up instead of stepping up. Now, Father, I come and I enter in to your throne of grace, and I'm coming boldly today. Not in my strength, but by the blood of Jesus. Because you know what happens? We look in the mirror and we go, you ain't no good. You're unworthy. You're not good enough. Ah, no, I want to be in Christ. I want to be in the blood of Jesus. I can come and enter boldly, and I can declare from the heavenlies, I look down and say, okay, problems change. I'm starting to pray in the kingdom. This is deep stuff. This is mature stuff. This ain't kitty, kitty clap, you know. This little light of mine. You know that's wrong? This big light of mine. God is no little light. And he wants to live big in us. I know it's a good kid song. I'm just trying to, but we're not kids in here, are we? You're sitting in here, you want to be bigger and older than what you are. A thankful heart is always focused on his presence. Thankfulness focus you, focuses us back on the presence of God. Yeah, give thanks in all things. Man, it ain't talking about thanking God for the bad stuff. It's always entering into His presence with the problem in mind, looking for the answer, and not being thankful for the problem, but being thankful that He's provided the answer. He's provided. Some people quit because they don't get stuff instantly. Don't quit. Complaining empowers the weak things to undermine your faith. You wonder why your faith's not bigger or growing deeper? It's because you're complaining too much. The weak things. Complaining empowers weak things to undermine your faith and God and His Word. Complaining only happens when we're more mindful of a problem than we are of God. What did we start off this morning? What was the words given? Look up, look up, focus, focus. What are you seeing? What are you looking at? What's your perspective? To complain, you have to violate everything you know about God and your purpose in life. 
you're stopping to admire trouble. I said admire. Complaining is admiring problems. How about worshiping problems? Like that one woman said, well, the devil's been on my back all week, praise his holy name. Got kind of gone a little bit out of order there, huh? <clears throat> what is our focus? It's, an, it's impossible to complain when you're aware of the goodness of God. To do it, you're violating the goodness of God. Go back and worship God in His goodness. Man, in some of my hardest times in life, I sat with tears in my eyes, but I'm singing about the goodness of God. He is good, and He has been good to me. He is good, and He has been good to me. His goodness, His goodness and mercy is poured out on me. I just declare His goodness and His grace and His mercy. In the hardest times that I have spent in my life, this goodness and His mercy is for me. My focus has to change. Because to me, life hurts. Jesus dealt with it. But our victory is in Christ Jesus. Our victory is in every area, even in death. Christian, we got victory. Victory. Miss Shirley says it so much, she's got me saying it. Thank God for victory. You talk to her just a couple of minutes, she's going to say, well, thank God we got the victory. And I'm going, thank God we got the victory. Because we have some tough conversations about people whose lives are messed up. Well, she ain't going to leave it in the messed up. She wants to talk about the victory. And we don't want to leave it in the messed up. We want to talk about the victory. And I know, and I, I, I got to close, but listen to me. There's a difference between men and women. Women like to talk about it and men don't. Neither one of them are addressing it. Because all you do is talk about it and you don't go back to the victory, you're in deeper trouble. And if you put your head in the sand, mister, and you ain't dealing with it, you're in trouble still too. We have got to put the Word of God on it. Man, woman, boy, child, uncle, whoever. Put the Word of God on it. We have the victory in the Word. Amen? Let's pray. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you for the victory that's in your Word, that's in Christ Jesus, that Jesus himself died for us. Lord God, that we have access through prayer, we have access to joy, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness. We have access to grow in the fruit and in the Spirit. Stir in our hearts today, Lord God. Help us be mature saints to grow, to do great and mighty things for you and for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will you accept him? Is he tugging on your heart? Will you make him Lord? Will you call him Savior? Will you believe? If that's you, just lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor Brett. <coughs> I see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Will you lift your hand? Let's all pray with this one. Let's pray together. Say, Father, today I give you my life. I believe that Jesus died upon the cross for my sins. And I believe that he paid the price that I can come to you and give you my all. Today I make you Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there are a lot of people that make Jesus Savior, but they don't make him Lord. We got to live by the word. That makes him Lord.
I, I'm not saying that in this sermon, I'm not saying immature people aren't saved. I'm not saying that people that don't make him Lord aren't saved. But to truly make him Lord, to have victory, you got to make him Lord. you got to put the Word first because he is the Word that became flesh. And his Word is spirit and life. And if there's anything that you're struggling with, put the Word first. Put the Word of God on it. Listen, the more you get in the Word, the more hungry you get for it. You know, I didn't like green beans growing up, and I definitely didn't eat broccoli. But sometimes I crave it now. And you, you know what? You need to ask God to stir in your heart to hunger for the Word of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask the Holy Spirit what to read. Put the Word of God first. Amen? So, Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that you stir us to grow. Lord God, I see many. Lord God, in the coming days, uh, I declare, Lord God, healings and peace and joy. Father, as they walk into places that your anointing will be there and people will say, what do you have that I need? I need what you have. You have something that I don't have. And, Father, that they'll lead them to you. They'll, they'll share Jesus and they'll share uh, the kindness and the goodness of God with them and they'll accept him as Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.